and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what's the goal? Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean. I'm joined, as always, by Chaff. Chaff, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, sir. Not bad. We've also got Ryan with us. Ryan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And Luke is gracing us with his presence as well. Luke, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, brother. Good stuff. So we've got a few Dale games to talk through since we last spoke. Uh, I think it's been that long since the Forest Green game that we're just going to kind of skip over that one <laughs> and talk about uh, the draw with Harrogate and Saturday's win at Scunthorpe. So, um, touching on that game against Harrogate, first of all, Chaff, I'll come to you first. I mean, uh, entertaining game, I guess you've got to say if it's 3-3, but it could really have been three points without the ind- individual errors that day, couldn't it? Oh, there's no doubt about it. If, if- if those individual errors don't happen, then yeah, we win the game. Um, it's absolutely infuriating. Um, it, it's amateurish. Uh, some of the some of the mistakes that we make are amateurish. I mean, I love the guy to pieces. I think he's arguably our best player. But Liam Kelly, um, the pass back, and then the. It's it's just awful, and then Coleman makes a complete hash of sort of trying to make up for it, and then Kelly brings him down, and it's just that oh, it, it's so bad, um, and it's absolutely infuriating. Um, we did well to come back in the end, um, but it there's so many so many different examples that you can use for where. Single points should be three points, and defeats should be points. It's, it's we we we're used to seeing it, but it doesn't get any easier to see. Yeah, right. I think is it fair to say looking at both of these games as kind of a duo? Um, Stockdale is quite lucky to have got away with it in the second half of those games because I think from what we were saying to each other at halftime in both of them, it was uh, well not good enough really, was it? No, um, so he's on one hand, you're sort of going, you know, it's disappointing that he's not set the team up properly to begin with. Um, but then on the other hand, you can say that he's whatever he's doing at half time is working. Um, but I think we've said it all season, we've almost been one of those teams who can only play for one half. Um, there's been games where we've been really good in the first half and bad in the second, and then games like the last couple where we've been really bad in the first half and, and good in the second. So it, yeah, you can say we've been fortunate. I think, yeah, you can say we, we could have won, easily won the game against Harrogate. We could have easily lost it as well um, and very nearly did. But um, yeah, credit to Stockdale and the team, to be fair, for for both games and, and getting back into it after such poor performances in, in both first halves. Yeah, Luke, this, this game against Harrogate, we saw Stockdale switch to the 4-3-3 from the start. Um, that, that a lot of people have been asking for, but it's fair to say it didn't quite go to plan. I mean, the reasoning was probably the fact that Paul Downing was missing, but do you think it was a, a, 
a good case for Stockdale sticking with a back three, given what happened on the day defensively. I mean, I can see why he went to a back four. Um, Max Taylor came on against Forest Green, and within 15 seconds, we, we did look a lot weaker. Um, and that's not just a criticism of Max Taylor. That's that's kind of a compliment to, to what Downing's brought us, um, what, he's, what he's brought to the team, you know. But um, I can, I, I'll be honest, I, I was kind of wanting that back four. Um, I was wanting to see us play, in, play that back four. I thought Taylor struggled massively when he came on against Forest Green. He was at fault for for kind of for, for their goal. Um, and I thought let's just see O'Connell and Dorset there and and let's try and take the t- you know take the game to to the opposition. Um ideally with more of a front two, I, I, I was kind of hoping for. Um, you know, I know we didn't kind of go about it that way, it was more like a four-three-three slash four five one kind of kind of set up but but yeah I mean it, it didn't pay off um but as the lads have already alluded to the goals that we conceded weren't necessarily goals as a result of, of the formation and being too open the goals that we conceded were individual errors um you can break down each one and you know I was watching the highlights just to kind of recap and um you can break down each one and I know this is a common phrase in football where a manager will say all goals were avoidable, but I think truly, truly, truly the, the three goals that we conceded were were all very, very easily avoidable. And that was the frustrating part of it because I thought going forward, we looked, we looked all right. Yeah, I'm not sure I necessarily agree that the formation didn't make too much difference for the goals. I think especially the third goal when, when Kelly came off and we didn't really have a defensive midfielder, for about 15 minutes at the start of that second half, it just felt like they were walking through our midfield. And maybe that's not the, so much the shape as it is a lack of a defensive midfielder in the squad, which is something that we've been speaking about since before the season started, I think. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure we've got the personnel to play this shape at the moment in midfield. And I think that's what I saw personally from that game. I think, um, Chaff, we've touched on the fact there that the reason we kind of switched back to that back four was... Paul Downing missing and Stockdale referenced at the fans forum that his his um, entrance into the squad has been really beneficial for a lot of the players. You know, he brings a lot of experience and he's looked okay in those first few games as well. Probably understating it, he's been, he's been very decent. Um, yeah, we missed him in this game, didn't we? And we're likely to miss him going forward as well. Yeah, I think we. I think it's obvious to to anybody who watches Rochdale that we we miss. Paul Downing, um, just because he's a he's a calming influence, I think. I mean, I'm the for me the jury's still out on Jarrell Dorset. Um, I don't like the ball being anywhere near him. I think if the ball's in the air, I'd back him to win headers um, and put tackles in. But when he's got time to think about anything, I just. I, I don't like it at all. So, Downing adds a calmness to it. We know Max Taylor's got a mistake in him as well. Um, Taylor and, and, and Dorset are both very, very young um, and inexperienced. And Downing brings a vast amount of experience to that side. Um, and I think next to... O'Connell, I think you've got the basis then to 
to go four four uh, to go with four at the back um, without even really thinking about it. Um, I going four at the back. I, I was pleased to see it, um, and I don't necessarily think that we've not won the game because we went four at the back. I think, like Luke said, um, if 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 Liam Kelly doesn't give the ball away. And if Abraham Udu doesn't give the ball away in in stupid areas, nobody's talking about the the, the four at the back being a, a negative thing. Um, but yeah, Down, Downing's been superb since he's come in. I'd love to see him here beyond this season. Um, I think having Downing in has highlighted the fact that we've. We can do so much better at the, at, in in the defensive positions. Um, Max, like we said, Max Taylor's prone to a mistake. Dorset's not comfortable on the ball whatsoever. Sam Graham's nowhere to be seen, and probably rightly so. So the recruitment's got to be sort of questioned with there. But if we can bring somebody in who's who who's Downing-esque. If it's not Downing, then I think we'll, we'll be a lot better for it. Yeah, I just want to... I think um, Chaff and Luca both... I agree with them both on the formation. I think when you think of the year so far since Newport, we've struggled creating chances, let alone scoring. Um, and we've changed the formation. And, and yeah, we've leaked goals through mistakes, but we've created the most chances we have for, for a long time. And I know we changed shape a couple of times in the second half, um, but we just looked a bit more threatening. I think you, you, there were more players around the strikers, I thought, than they usually are. Um, and I think we, we've just got to come out of that sort of worrying about the opposition and and being compact and, and open for you know chances to just fall. Um I quite liked how proactive we were for quite a lot of a game against Arrogate and how attacking we looked. Um, I think we'll be more enjoyable through three draws, I'll be honest. Um, I was still bored throughout quite a lot of it, but I do think we looked better going forward than we have for a long time in that. Yeah, I think one point I would make there would be if we, if we were to kind of go back to the four at the back again with Downing and O'Connell, I'd maybe worry a little bit about a lack of pace there. I think Dorsey makes up for that, but at the same time, I think if we were going to pick a back two based on everyone being fit and available, it'd have to be Downing and O'Connell, and I'd just worry about any balls in behind that have been a threat to us at other times in the season. And I think that my issue with, with going um, in for Downing on a permanent basis would be, again, his fitness. I don't want another McShane on our hands that we only see, you know, one in every two or three games. And that's the reason he's with us is because he couldn't stay fit enough to get a lot of games at, at, at Portsmouth. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm wary about saying I'd like to see him here beyond the season. I'd like to see how fit he remains um, over the next few months before we get to that stage. Yeah, 100% agree regarding Downing. I think with the two centre-halves maybe lacking pace, I agree with that. Um, I do think you're vulnerable at the back if you go four at the back. But I don't think our midfielders and attacking players are sort of creative enough, maybe off-the-cuff players, 
that if you sit back in a back five and hope to counter, I don't see us being able to do that. I think we did look better going after teams and, and attacking as a unit. And I, I just think it looks miles better in the offensive side. And that's what we want to see in it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we're just... I think you're you're worried about us not getting enough going forward and I'm worried about us staying too open <laughs> defensively. I feel like you're right in that those players aren't creative enough to do it with a five at the back to be creating chances in the same way they did against Harrogate. But, like I said before, we don't really have a defensive midfielder in the team. So, we're playing four at the back without a defensive midfielder. I think that leaves you a bit too open. And I do think that played some part in at least the first two, the, the first and third goals against Harrogate, if not if not the middle one, the penalty. Um, touching on that penalty, Luke, um, it, a comedy of errors, wasn't it, really? Uh, and Liam Kelly was the man who gave it away, was withdrawn at half-time, wasn't really sure whether that was down to his performance or, or an injury or whatever. But what did you think of him in there? Because at first he won a few tackles, didn't he, which kind of you maybe wouldn't expect for someone of his stature, but then after the penalty, his head really seemed to drop. Yeah, I mean, Stockdale came out post-match and said it was, it was a tactical change. Uh, so we obviously got dragged, um, which was surprising. I don't think he was our worst player. He weren't having a good game by his standards, um, but there was quite a few of them not having good games by their standards. Um, O'Connell being the main one for me, actually. But yeah, the penalty, I was just fuming. You know, I think... It's clear to see, you know, Kelly miss hit. I don't know what he was trying to do. I think he was trying to pass it back to Coleman and it kind of the ball kind of got trapped in his feet a little bit. I think that's what he was trying to do. Um, but for me, it was a catalogue of errors. It wasn't just that, it was um it was the absolute nervousness that Coleman brought to the situation, you know, diving out and diving in, nearly bringing him down first time around. Okay, he stayed on his feet, he probably didn't foul him. Fine, get back in your net, please. But he went for it again. Um, and, and it was just bizarre. It was just complete. I'm not blaming Coleman for Kelly giving the penalty away necessarily, but, you know, Coleman then went again. And I think the ref could have given a penalty there if the arrogant player, you know, threw himself to the ground. I think that's a penalty. Um, then I think there's just desperation then on Kelly's part um, because he's wanting to kind of make up for it. And he, he dives in a little bit as... You know, it's a dangerous part of the pitch, obviously. And, you know, we've got players all over the show. Our keepers off his uh, off his goal line, but he was kind of moving away from goal. He would have still have had to either hit a shot on the turn or turn and then have a shot. And we had quite a lot of bodies back. So a catalogue of errors from, from Kelly and Coleman. And it was really frustrating to watch, just kind of see the seals gradually capitulate within a three, four second spell. It was just kind of very frustrating. Um yeah, and yeah, Kelly's performance, he did do, you know, he wasn't kind of at his best. And like like you've already said, he's not really, for me, he's not a holding defensive midfielder. Um, he's actually, for, for someone of his size, he gets about the pitch quite well. And, you know, I'd rather see him be quite that kind of dynamic Kelly that we saw in the second half against Scunthorpe. Um, but yeah, you know, we've spoken about balance a lot, haven't we, um, on, on the podcast and, you know, what other players will do for other players on the pitch. And I think you're right, Dean. I think if you're going to play back four as effectively as we possibly can, you probably need someone who's more naturally suited towards that holding defensive midfield position to counter, you know, to, to cut out those counter-attacks. And we, we haven't got that 
in his, we have we just haven't got a player that does that. Um, for me, not you know I can't. Ball doesn't strike me as that player. I know we've seen Briley in the defensive midfield positions, but is that because that's kind of what he was groomed to do when BBM introduced into the team as kind of Morley's replacement? I don't know if that's something that naturally that's the type of player Briley is, as an example. So, yeah, just um, just very, very frustrating and very poor. Um, and it was just desperate. And you get desperate, you, you make mistakes. Yeah, Trafford. And like Luke said there, it was a, a, at least partly Coleman's fault, that penalty, I felt, diving into a couple of challenges where he didn't look likely to get the ball. And th- that came off the back of a mistake, a real glaring mistake at Forest Green as well earlier in the, that week. And then he found himself dropped on Saturday at Scunthorpe. Um, I know you've been very pro-Coleman over Lynch, but did you feel like after kind of that penalty and the mistake of Forest Green, it was maybe you know, time for him to drop out and Lynch to come back in on Saturday. Yeah, I couldn't fault the decision, to be honest with you. Um, the mistake at Forest Green, it's it's horrendous. It really is. Um, and then he didn't cover himself in, in much glory um, in the Harrogate game either. So I was fully expecting him to, to be dropped. I think that's the... The situation we've got with our goalkeepers, neither of them are good enough to to cement their place. Um, and all it takes is, is is a couple of mistakes, one or two mistakes, and it's it's almost treated like an outfield position where you make a mistake, you you're going to be replaced. Um, it's unusual uh, for a, for a goalkeeping position, um, and I don't know how much it it helps the the defence in front of them either. Um, but that's the situation that we find ourselves in. Um, I'm probably leaning towards replacing both of them at this at this moment in time, uh, come the summer. Um, I think we've utilised the law market very well previously for goalkeepers. And I see it as a cost-effective way of bringing in a, a, a good goalkeeper um, who can hopefully um, cement their place in the side all season uh, and, and does not have to worry about that position. But, it, yeah, it's, it, it's not great. I, he, he didn't... I didn't disagree with uh, with Stockdale dropping him, and at the moment now, the shirt's probably Lynch's until he makes a mistake, and I'm not sure how good a situation that really is in the long term. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd rather us have a, a a solid number one goalkeeper than than two half decent goalkeepers battling it out for for one position I think Yeah I think you touched on a point there about the fact that they do seem to get changed out every time they make a mistake and given how many times it's been changed that kind of tells you how many mistakes they've both made this season Um, I think it's an issue for us and I agree in the summer I've been looking at bringing in 
probably two replacements. Um, one player who was quite impressive, I thought, in this game, right, against Harrogate still, um, and got his first goal for the club, was Max Clark. Um, I think, again, kind of my issue with playing a back four, I think, would be that both Clark and, and O'Keefe are, are quite attack-minded full-backs. But he looked a threat going forward, didn't he, in this game, and just generally looked decent on the ball again. It's, he's not been massively consistent since coming in, but you can definitely see you know, the signs of a good player there. Yeah, I, I really like him. I think when he's been, I suppose, what you describe as, as poor, I think he's still been pretty steady. Um, I think you know it. Like when O'Keefe has a bad game, it's bad. Um, whereas when Clark's been off a boil, I think he's still, he's offered some. I think he's a better defender than what O'Keefe is. I really like him. I thought he was, I thought he was great in this game. It looks like he's got almost different, you know, different ways of playing as well. There were times when he got to the byline and, and pulled back. There's times when he likes to cross it in from deep. Um, he was cutting inside in this game, as we saw from his goal. Um, but he, he recovers really well as well. He, he looks fit as a fiddle, considering he's not really played a game for however long it's been as well. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was excellent. I've, I've been impressed with him since he came in. Um, I just think he looks... I think he looks comfortable in both wing back and a full back position. Um, he's someone I'd I'd be really happy to see sign in the summer um, for longer. For, from what I've seen so far, um, but yeah, I, I, I like him. He looks like a proper solid pro um, as well. Looks like a bit of a leader. Um, so yeah, good to see him pop up with a goal. It seemed to take an age to go in. Um, I weren't sure what we got, what was going to happen when it hit the post a second time, but um, just sneaked in there and and he enjoyed himself in the celebration as well. Yeah, Luke, I guess we better touch on to the celebration of Tavon Campbell as well while we're on that topic because I know you and Rai both agreed that maybe you should have been darting into the net to get the ball and try and get us a winner in those last few minutes. Um, but just generally as well, how did you think he played in this game and, and where did you stand on that? Celebration at the end. Um, I think with regards to how he played, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'd rather ask, answer that question with regards to how he's um, how he's performed for us so far. I think because each game has been pretty similar in as far as he ha- he he has been isolated a fair bit, less so against Harrogate. I think he's actually it's almost like the way we've been playing him. He's he's kind of been forced into playing the target man role a little bit. Um, and I, I don't sense that that's his natural kind of his natural game. He doesn't strike me as he hasn't got the physique of a target target man. Put it that way. He hasn't kind of he isn't the type of player that wins a lot of editors. I just think he the way we've played and the way the games have panned out, he's been enforced to kind of play that kind of role for us. Um, and I think fair play to him because he's he's actually done. All right, I, I think. I think if he gets the ball into feet, he's relatively good at holding off the defender, turning them a couple of times, laying the ball off, that kind of thing. Um, I just think the way we've played hasn't necessarily suited his main attributes, I don't think. So um, I'm not one of them that's kind of like, oh, we've spent a lot of money on this player. He's only scored one goal for us in however many he should be doing better. I just think patience is required where he needs to get used to the way we play. The team needs to get used to his attributes as well and, and find that 
that kind of pattern where where it works. Um, but he look he looks all right to me. He don't look like a bad player. Um, with regards to the celebration, though, I was fuming. We were we were we were very poor on Saturday, and like Ryan said, I said at the end of the game, I've not been kind of. You know, for a free, free game, you're kind of thinking that you've been entertained, and yet I didn't feel like I've been entertained. I kind of felt, you know, frustrated still. And and to see us celebrate the way we did to get an equaliser against against them, <clears throat> for me, it was just it was selfish. I thought I thought it was just it was all about him because he got his first goal for the club. You know, relishing that after the game, relishing the first goal that you scored for the club after the game, and it were just him. Obviously, everyone everyone else went celebrating, and it it, it kind of surprised me because I just expected the natural reaction to be get the ball from the back of the net. We've just scored late on; they are vulnerable. We've got momentum. Let's try and get another. You know, I don't know how long we had left, but we had enough time to to go for it, and 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 to to see us just celebrate and embrace the equaliser. When we were in that position through all fault of our own, I found that infuriating, and and that's not the kind of attitude that I want to see. I want to see us get the ball and and and, and go for it again, and enjoy and reflect on what you've done good by all means after the game. And we can talk about how good it is that he got his first goal for the club after the game. But during the game, you know, spot the opportunity. They were vulnerable, and you're just wasting time. I didn't like that. I'm gonna say I, I was fizzing as well. I think it you, you want you set the tone, and I think what when he set when we celebrate like that, and it weren't just it weren't just Campbell. It were all of them. There weren't one player shouting for him to come back. I want leaders there telling him to do it, and none of them did. Um, even the staff, though, all the staff were up in arms and jumping around and celebrating and what have you. And I just think it it almost says to the crowd let's be happy with a point here. Whereas if they just go and get the ball, you think of a noise that might have been inside the stadium at that point and the roar to go and get the winner. Whereas it just almost fell a bit, not flat as such, but just felt a bit like, all right, that's a, that's a good point then, isn't it? When in reality, it, you know, you look at it in the, you know, I went into work and people are saying, oh, that were a good point for Rochdale. You were 3-1 down. It's like, take that out of it and look at it in isolation. It's not a great point. We're at home to Harrogate Town who were, what, 13th in the league at the time or whatever it was. You want to be winning your home games. And that just said to me, there's no winning mentality in the squad. Um, but with regards to Campbell, I think he's done all right. I think what worries me slightly is um, when Stockdale were talking about him, he, was, he kept mentioning traits of a target man when he were talking about him. I can't remember which interview it was. And I just don't see him as that. Um you know, we looked at his goals and we were often one-on-ones or, you know, turning a man in. His goal against Harrogate, for example, um, really good finish. And that's what I want him doing. You know, almost a bit of, a bit of a dirty stuff from um, Charm and, and then a nice little layoff and he sort of takes it past his man and finishes. That looks like the type of player he is. Um, I think he's a striker who looks better when he's closer to the goal. I know more, that sounds silly because most strikers are. But he never looks comfortable when it's cleared and he's, you know, 40 yards from the goal and he's he's having to hold the defender off. It just looks like that's not his game at all. But it's how he's being asked to play and how he's having to play. Which comes back to me saying I want us on my front foot because the closer we can get him to goal, I think the better, the better performances we'll see from him. 
Yeah, I massively agree with that for what it's worth. I think part of the reason why he celebrated that goal the way he did was the big miss that he had in the first half as well, which we shouldn't forget because I imagine he will have felt so relieved because we've all been saying for several weeks we need to see more of him near the goal and getting chances and then kind of the biggest chance he's had so far he's he's headed wide in the first half and I think yeah for another chance to fall to him I think if he'd have missed that his confidence would have been not quite severely so I'm not as annoyed by the celebration as you guys but I can understand the frustration as well. There is a feeling that, yeah, we should be beating, beating teams that aren't that good. Like that, that's just no disrespect to Harrogate, but they're, they're not one of the best teams in the league and it was a game that we could have won, really. Um, moving on to Scunthorpe, a game that we finally did win. Um, I mean, we, we, we'll have to dig into that first half first and chaff. I mean, yeah, probably I'm struggling to think of a worse 45 minutes, certainly under Stockdale. It was horrendous, wasn't it, in that first half? That's putting it kindly, I think. Um, I can't remember a worse 45 minutes pre-Stockdale, to be perfectly honest with you. It was absolutely atrocious. Um, We didn't have any threat beyond the halfway line. I think first 15 minutes, I don't think we got beyond the halfway line. We invited Scunthorpe onto us. We made Scunthorpe look like a, an half-decent side, which they're not. Um, we didn't put pressure on the defence at all. And we just couldn't get out of our own half. It was it, it was awful. And then the goal goes in. And, yeah, the, the, the atmosphere was... It, it, yeah, it, it was a little bit toxic. When that when that goal went in, um, and I I genuinely thought, shit, we are in a battle now, we are in a battle, and then at full time, it's completely different atmosphere, completely different story. Um, that that first half, I just we just can't string two halves of football together, can we? Um, apart from the Newport game, it's it's one one extreme to the other constantly, and it's really really frustrating. I don't know who I blame for the goal. It's I think it's poor defending, and I think Lynch has possibly got to keep hold of it a little. It's just got to keep hold of it, but at the same time, the conditions weren't great, so. Um, Maybe I'm being a little bit harsh there, but it's it's another avoidable goal. It's really, really sloppy. Dorsey actually gets beaten in the air by Raquel Pike um, and made Raquel Pike look like Robert Lewandowski. And I'm just not... Yeah, I, it was awful. Absolutely awful. Um, and thank God Alex Newby came on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't really disagree with any of that, which says a lot about just how bad it was. Um, right, I, I mean, we've got to get on to the positives at some point, but digging into that first half, we went with a two up front. A lot of people have been asking for two up front for a while. A lot of people have been asking to see Charm and start for a while. And then it, 
much like the back four the week before, it kind of backfired, didn't it? It didn't really work out. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem fit enough, does he? I think um, he said as much. I was surprised to see him start, to be fair, because a week before, um, you know, Stockdale made a big point after the game of saying, you know, almost saying the fans should stop asking us to play him for longer because he's not ready yet. And then seven days later, he's starting um, after playing 90 minutes in midweek as well against Sheffield Wednesday behind closed doors. So a strange one in the first place to see him start. Um, but yeah, I think we've got to be patient with him in particular. He's been working as God knows what whilst playing for Darlington. Um, he's not used to the full-time football it's a bit of a strange signing to make in the January, which I think I said at the time, um, because you don't feel like he's ever going to be ready this season. Um, it almost feels like he needs a pre-season. But, um, yeah, I think we all want to see a front two eventually, but I don't think we're going to see it properly this season. Um, but if he comes on for cameos like he did against Harrogate and he can you know, do the ugly side to give Campbell some space, I think it could potentially work later on in games. Um, I thought the the front two didn't help the situation in the first half at all because I thought their movement was really lacking. Um, I lost count of how many times Clark and O'Keefe got the ball and were just looking for somebody to run into the channels and neither of them were doing whatsoever. So I think it's probably a bit of lack of sharpness. I think with Charman, Charman's been brought in for next season. There's no there's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um it's it was always going to take a while a, a bit longer for him to get up to speed because he's just he's he's finished a full time job as well. Um so that that was always going to be a little bit difficult. But I've seen enough from him to realise that he's he, once he's up to speed he's going to be a, a big asset for us. Um, but but yeah, I don't I don't think the, the the strikers helped the fact that we couldn't get out of our own half because yeah the, the the lack of movement I thought was poor and I think it really needed to to change things up and I was really pleased that Stockdale saw what what I was seeing and made that change as well. Yeah, and I'd had not just Clark and O'Keefe looking for that pass, but I felt a bit sorry for Jerry Dorset because. I mean, some of his passing was horrendous on Saturday, but we all know that's not his game. And it felt like Scunthorpe were just allowing him loads of time on the ball and he was aiming at nothing because the movement, like you said, just wasn't there from the front two. And yeah, it, as much as it, as much as the pass, the passing wasn't good enough for him, if he's got nothing to aim at, then what's what, what more can he do? Um, but yeah, the fact that that kept happening and we didn't seem to change it... And, <laughs> It, it was very frustrating. I mean, by half time, I was wondering if there was any way for me to get home and avoid watching the second half. But Ryan, the second half did it was a big improvement. Um, and I know you're not his biggest fan, but you have to give credit to Alex Newby coming on at half time and putting in a a real shift in the second half and and bringing that creativity that you've said at times we seem to be lacking this season. Yeah, looks and sounds like he had a really good game. And, you know, on the highlights, some of the stuff he was doing, you know, was really, that run in particular where he nutmegs the guy and drives through the middle, um, looked 
you know, really impressive. And he's got that. I think that's why I get so frustrated. He, it's He's got that. I just don't think we see it enough at times. Um, but um, I believe he came on and played a bit more central than perhaps he usually does. Am I right in saying that? Um, so, you know, if we do decide to go to the two up front um, or four, two, three, one or whatever, um, it might be good to see him have a run of games there if, he, if he's come on and made a difference like he did do. Because, you know, from what I've seen and, and you know, what you guys have told me and people who were there have said, um, it sounds like he, you know, he made a massive difference to the game. And that's what we want to see from Alex Newby. Yeah, and, and Chaffee, he kind of moved into sort of, well, Stockdale described it as a front three after the game. Um, and James Ball was also moved up there for a period as well. I thought he had a really good game again here. I thought he was decent against Harrogate. And yeah, he's come from he's come from a full-time um, playing with Solihull. So you would have expected him to slot in quicker than Luke Charman. But just generally, he doesn't look like the, the step up in in league has, has phased him whatsoever, does it so far? He looks like a really good fit. Yeah, he looks like a good signing. Um, I don't think he'd played well first half, um, I'll be honest with you. I thought our midfield, it was a, we, we eventually went to a three-man midfield, which I know Rye's been keen on, on, on us doing for quite a while. And it was as if we were only playing with one um, in Liam Kelly, because Dooley and, and Ball couldn't get, in the game at all, but I thought second half he really came into the game a lot more, and I thought he was excellent. Um, and yeah, he's he's made the he's made the step up um, look quite a, a simple one. He's off the mark in terms of goals, uh, and I think he's he's having a really positive impact. Um, he doesn't seem to be that defensive midfielder that we were all screaming out for, but he does seem to be a physical presence. In the centre of the park, he's also quite versatile. He can play wider, and he can he he evidently likes to get forward and and join the attack as well. Um, and I think we've got a a, a real player um, by the looks of it. And I think he will be pretty much a a, a mainstay in the team um, for the foreseeable future. And yeah, I was I was really impressed with his second half performance at least. Yeah, and I think what what we have seen with Ball is that I think it's going to take a little bit of time maybe to create those partnerships and link-ups with the rest of the midfield because there's maybe been times where they don't look like they're quite on the same page as yet. But what Ball brings is something different to the rest of the of the midfield. And, and you touched on him before and kind of the positions that he was picking up against Harrogate compared to Scunthorpe. But Liam Kelly got himself on the score sheet and put in... It was playing in a, in a position more like the one you mentioned before where he was driving us forward. And, yeah, it makes he's a much better player, isn't he, in that position than he is kind of sitting in front of the back four. He is, and it was good to see kind of his... He didn't shy away in the first half. He was always looking for the ball. He was he was trying to put himself about. Um, you know, I, I, I do think, you, you know, the first half was a combination of, of, of the formation not working. And Scunthorpe wanting it more than us as well. Um, I don't think we necessarily realised the importance of the game, or that's what it felt like anyway. Um, but yeah, Kelly, second half, I thought I kind of scribbled down. I thought our big players um, 
stepped it up in the second half. Thought Kelly and O'Keefe especially were were right at it, and um, he did. He drove us forward, and how easy was that goal? It just kind of seemed to come from nowhere. Um, didn't look, you know, it weren't like we had to work hard for it. And I'm glad on that occasion we did go and get the ball. You know, we didn't we didn't go and celebrate with the fans or whatever. We we went and got the ball because we sniffed blood. And we wanted to go again and, um, you know, wanted to take advantage of the situation Scunport were in, which was volatile, really, given where they are in the league and, you know, at home, fans on the back. Um, so, you know, credit where credit's due, we went and got the ball. Um, but, yeah, he had, a, he had a big game. He had a big game for us and um, he was really good. Um, we started passing in, you know, we started passing the ball in, in, in the midfield central area when we had men on. You know, we there were men on Kelly, but we started passing the ball with a lot more crispness and we were able to kind of create openings just through being brave in possession. We were a lot more braver, I thought, and, and Kelly was instrumental in, in kind of taking that, you know, and um, you've got O'Connell who's, who's willing to play those kind of passes as well. And um, that's the kind of performance where it will have an influence on the rest of the team. Um, and, and I thought O'Keefe was very similar O'Keefe played, it was like they played with a bit of anger, you know, but at the right level, um, you know, seeing just the determination to just get something from the game. And, you know, it was um, frustrating that we didn't see that in the first half from from any of them. But um, credit where credit's due, I thought, kind of the big players that we that we looked to who got ability um, did step up and, and, and lead the way in that second half. Yeah, and just generally, that's a really encouraging thing because we've all said, but especially you, I think, Luke, there is maybe a lack of characters in this squad. So to see the players that we do consider to have a little bit of that about them to actually produce it when probably when we needed it more than at any point so far this season. Um, and I think to go back to Alex Newby, I think his link up with, with O'Keefe down the right, he was playing more centrally, but when he was drifting wide into those spaces, he definitely seemed to have it a bit more of an understanding with O'Keefe and the, the two of them were a threat together. Um, and then Kelly as well, drifting out and, and, and linking up as well. I thought that was a real source of kind of creativity for us in that second half. Um, right. We know this is a massive game in kind of the the context of what's been happening in the last few weeks towards the bottom of, of League Two. Do you think this can give us the confidence to go on and pick up a few more points now? We've got some really important games coming up in the next few weeks. Does it give you confidence of us hopefully putting a bit of a run together, maybe? No. Um, no, it doesn't. I hope it does, obviously. Um, you know, to I suppose to come back, you know, in, in two games from almost, you know, looking like you're going to lose a game and playing poorly to then pick up a point and a win should spur you on. Um, my worry is how poorly we've played in two of those halves out of the four. Um, that, that might still play on my minds, but um, I almost wish the Carlisle game were tomorrow. Um, I think that could have helped, but we've got two games now against two good good sides. Um, so hopefully we come out, you know, all guns blazing and, and pick up, you know, four points from the next two um, going into the Carlisle game, but it should do, you know. You, you've you've got two, you know, one really, but two relatively important late goals in the last two games. 
you've won away from home um, in a big game, looking like we were going to be dragged right in it at half time. I would, I was worried. I was worried anyway, but I was even more worried at half time. Um, so, you know, you, you could almost come out of these two games and not have to worry at all. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it does. Um, but the two poor halves that we've had have just almost, you know, dampened, I suppose, the, the mood a little bit for me. I don't know how you guys feel, but it, it almost feels like we've still got that in us. Yeah, I can't, I see where you're coming from, I think. But then, you know, looking at Port Vale's recent results, I don't think they've quite been the same team that they were earlier in the season. And we did, of course, beat them away. And then it's Northampton on Saturday, we also have beaten already this season. So, you know, you, you get another three or four points from those two games and the pitcher towards the bottom will start to look a lot healthier, won't it, Luke? Which, to be fair, it already does after, after Saturday. There was a point where, during the Harrogate game, we found ourselves within two points of... of Oldham, who I think was still 23rd at the time. Now Carlisle have dropped below them. But just generally, I think the gap between ourselves and the bottom two does definitely look a little bit more comfortable now, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I think it's easy to... And I'm, I'm being guilty of this pretty much every season. I think it's easy to kind of... Um, fall into the trap of, of, of the doom and gloom and where we may be heading based on kind of what we're seeing on the pitch and whatnot. And, you know, in years gone by when we've kind of survived relegation in, in League One, in those seasons where we just survived it, I was adamant we were going down, and you know, halfway through the season, three quarters of the way through the season kind of thing, you know, and you somehow do it. I mean, I was adamant Oldham were going down and, you know, it, you look at Oldham, what's happening with them and, you know, it's not like Sheridan's been there for, for for months on end and they've just been kind of consistently good. Uh, and I know that they still may well go down, but it's just crazy how a few results in the league and all of a sudden it just changes everyone's perception and it changes the league table and it feels like you're kind of on the up rather than on the on the, on the kind of down, really. So um, it was a big win on Saturday. You know, there's no doubt about it. And it... it it was a massive reaction as well uh, in in that second half. Um, but I just feel, you know, even if we got beat, yes, we could have got sucked, sucked into, you know, we still can, we still we can still get sucked into a relegation battle. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I just felt there would have still been another reaction in getting beat with regards to kind of where we're going and, you know, we're going down and all that lot. Um, I, I, I'm just not convinced that, now's the time to feel that when there's so much to the season to be played. Um, and, and the thing that I think everyone's frustrated with and has been frustrated with this season is we said at the start, I think a, a popular kind of opinion of, of where a, a, a Dale fan wanted to see the team go this season was to consolidate almost, you know, given everything that had gone on, we wanted to see us consolidate. And there was a lot of kind of opinions that were along the lines of, as long as we stay up, and we've still got a club, we can build on that. Um, and I think even people who may have had that opinion at the start of the season might have a different opinion now because we have shown glimpses of how good we can be. And that is the frustrating thing. We've shown that we have got quality, in my opinion. And that makes it more frustrating when you find yourselves at the bottom half of League Two because there's been spells, you know, I'll go, back, go right back to kind of, the beginning of the season, Forest Green at home, we had an half an hour spell in that first half where 
they could not get out their own half, and yet they still beat us. And look where they are, look where we are. So it's that really that's difficult to kind of. It's harder to see the bigger picture sometimes because you just know what we're capable of, and that's the frustration. But hopefully, you know, we can look on the up now and we can build momentum with the, you know, we've got a congested fixture list coming up, haven't we? Um, and yeah, they might be against tough teams, but we are more than capable of beating anyone in this league. Um, and I just thought now we can build that momentum and, and, and kind of push forward. I don't see us, you know, doing anything better than a mid-table finish this season, but um, that wouldn't be so bad for me. Yeah, I think you've made some excellent points. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you just said. I think going back again to that Port Vale win away, I think in some ways that was one of the worst things that could have happened. And I hold my hands up as being like very guilty of of getting very excited about that game um, and kind of the performances around it and seeing players like O'Keefe come to the fore. Because then I, I, my expectations for the season did change. And I think a lot of them did. And Chaff, I don't know if you agree with this, but for me, there's been kind of a feeling that this could have really been a special season in terms of what's happened off the pitch, kind of uniting all the su- the supporters and then us going like these lengthy spells without seeing a performance that matches up to that expectation or not expectation, but potential, should we say. Um, yeah, I don't know if you agree with that, but I think that's, that's the way I've seen it over the last few months. The frustrating thing, like Luke said there, is this could have been an even better season than it has been. I'm not saying it's been a bad one, but it could have been so much more, especially given what's happened off the field. So it's just that feeling that although we're we're doing okay, you know, it could have been it could have been more. Could have been could have been worse. Um, and look look back at, at last season, um, we were one point away from from staying up, um, and. We we saw glimpses during that during the last season of how good we we could be, um, but still ended up getting relegated. So I think every season, um, you, you ne- you're never awful for forty six games. There's always glimpses of what you can do. Um, Oldham are seeing that now with um, with Sheridan in charge, um, and yeah, it. it this season could have been a special one. Um, I always, I, I, I never really thought that that would be the case. Um, and I'm still very much of the opinion that this season is is very much one to to slow to to, to slow to a halt before we go back up, um, because I think with everything that's gone on off the pitch um, and the on the pitch as well in terms of the amount of players that we lost from last season um, and again throughout this season. Um, it, it's it, it's more about building a base to, to or building a platform to, to, to build from and, and, and progress. And I, I think we're probably at that stage now where we can start to to move forward, but it's this season was always going to be one of if you'd have offered me mid table um, at the beginning of the season, I'd snapped your hand off, um, and I'm perfectly all right with um, with being where we are in the league as well. 
Um, and that's probably closer to where I thought we was going to be because um, it was a, an absolutely monumental job um, for Stockdale to take on. And then he was dealt the hand of um, not being able to, to bring players in in the time that he wanted to and the targets um, and what he alluded to at the fans' forum about the EFL not allowing us to, to bring players in and, and and certain things like that. And it's only now that you can probably turn around and say, yeah, he's, he's got the squad that that perhaps he wanted. And, and even then, he won't have wanted to lose Beasley or Marley, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but it's got to this point of the year and now we, we we can I think we can turn around and say yeah he's got his, he's got his squad, but I still think it's a, a a process a building process, and next year I'd I'd be excited. Don't get me wrong, next year, um, I'm very much hoping for a much much better season, um, but he he, he kind of gets a reprieve this season, providing we stay up. I think, um, and. Yeah, it could have been somewhat special. Um, I'm, maybe it's maybe it's my my age. Um, maybe just just being older than you's I'm, and seeing what's gone on this summer. I'm 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 just glad that we've 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 got a football club that seems to be moving in the in the in the right direction off the field, on the field. Will I think we'll come together under Stockdale. Um, but we, we we can't expect it to happen within the space of a season. Yeah, I think that's completely fair enough. Um, and I, I I think with distance, I think that's exactly how I look back on this season. Um, providing kind of we we do finish where we are now, or maybe slightly above, or or well, basically above the relegation zone. I think I always feel um, yeah, just grateful that we we've, we've been able to kind of fight off what's happened off the field and uh, and yeah consolidate I agree I'll be excited about next season as things stand but as we know from following Dale for as long as we have um, your team in February can look very very different to the team that starts the season in August so I think I'll uh, I'll reassess that before next season I think just to touch on kind of the stuff that has been happening off the field I think that the, the thing that the forefront of a lot of Dale fans' minds at the moment is the fundraising campaign for the Trust to help um, with their legal battles and right, it's been great hasn't it to see the donations coming in from fans from other clubs and uh, the work that's being done with the, the raffle at the fans forum, the quiz the other week and yeah, it's been great hasn't it to see people come together and try and help out the Trust and the directors for, for this fundraising campaign. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think we've got a lot of people you know, to thank for their efforts, you know, everyone at the Trust. I know Judd's had a big part in it as well. Um, and, you know, there's others that I just don't know the name of, to be honest. Um, but it seems like there's a select group of fans who've done an awful lot to help the club, not only in the summer, you know, when it looks like we're going to get taken over, but then since since then. And I, I can't imagine there's many other clubs in the country who if their board of directors were personally being taken to court, uh, not even the club, just them as people, um, whether they'd raise funds like 
Rochdale fans have for for their board of directors, and I think speaks volumes for you know the high regard in which we all put them in. You know, every single one of the directors, every time I've met them and spoke to them, I think every time most people have spoke to them have, have said nothing but good things about them. Um, so fingers crossed, this is the last little battle. Um, it's been good to see Dale fans, you know, Dortmund fans, Arsenal fans, Charlton fans, Derby fans, you know, everybody coming together and, and showing support for what's ultimately not even the football club, it's for people involved, people in charge. Um, and it's been amazing. It shows the power of, you know, what football means to people ultimately. Um, and, you know, some of it, marketing that's been done by the trust and people around the trust has been excellent as well to get to get you know the word out there so yeah kudos to them yeah couldn't agree more um and just on that point uh there is still a handful of the rochdale.com mugs left on the 01706 store you can find a link on our twitter and for anyone who, who has ordered them hasn't been able to pick them up yeah if you can just drop me a, a message on the forum or on twitter I'm sure we'll be able to sort something out. Can I just tell you now? Yeah. Can you sort mine out? <laughs> Give me mine, Dean. Yeah, I'll sort it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the, hopefully people continue um, donating and, and fundraising and hopefully we'll have a couple of podcasts as well in the coming weeks that kind of dig into what it means to be fan-owned and, and why this is an important issue for fans kind of all over. Uh, Europe, not just in Rochdale. Um, so yeah, we'll finish as always with our game that we like to do. Um, we've got Port Vale and Northampton coming up, but since I've done games involving those two early in the season, I've dug into the archives again and picked out a game against the team we haven't played uh, or won't be playing this season. So uh, we're going back only a couple of years to uh, 2019 and a 3-0 win at Roots Hall against Southend United. Chaff, you were our winner last time out, and then, Ryan, I'll let you go after Chaff, since Luke's just not bothered to turn it up for the last few. So uh, we'll go with Chaff, and then, Ryan, then Luke. Uh, yeah, so that's any team from the... Uh, any player from the Dale squad that played in that 3-0 win in August 2019 at Southend United. I'm trying to remember it, if I'm honest. Ian Anderson. Yeah, Ian Anderson's correct. Norrington Davis. Yep. Aaron Morley. Yep. Sanchez. Yep, that's correct. O'Connell. Correct. Jimmy Kay. Correct. Uh, Rathbaum. Yes, came off the bench. Okay. Camps. Yeah. Camps. Lovely little layoff for, for one of the goals. Oh. Jim McNulty. Yeah, McNulty is correct. Um, I'm struggling there. Dooley. Dooley is also correct, yeah. Only two more from the start and 11 to get. MJ. MJ being one of them, yeah. Wow. Tavares. 
No, no Tavares. Unlucky Luke. I feel like it always comes to you just when it starts to get really hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a risky one given how injury prone he was, but Ryan McLaughlin. Uh, yeah, McLaughlin was on the bench. Is there only one more starter? Yeah, one more starter. Five subs still to get. It's hard. I don't know who was here last season and member season before as well. I get I get confused between the two seasons, mate. Well, one of them you, we were there, one of them we weren't. That should be surely the biggest difference. Yeah. We wore the pink kit, didn't we? That we were now, I suppose. Yes. Um Matty Dawn. Yep, Matt Dawn came off the bench. Jay Lynch, subkeeper. Correct. Jay Lynch was the subkeeper. I think Ryan thought he'd won it there. <laughs> he did. Jimmy Ryan. Yeah, Jimmy Ryan was the oh, what a shout. third sub to come on. Is that the same season we got absolutely destroyed down at Peterborough? Yeah, because Sanchez was in goal, wasn't he, for that? Right, so I'm going to go Calvin Andrew then. Yeah, I thought Calvin had gone by this point, but yeah, Calvin Andrew's correct. He should have done. <laughs> oh, just, oh no, we've still got the starter then. Yeah, there's still a starter missing, and then I think two, maybe three subs, two subs. Mad. Actually, I think there's only one sub, you know? Right. Been said. So we've only got two left. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bar. No. Incorrect. Chat wins again. Another classic. Went right down to the wire. Um, Chaff, do you know off the top of your head who, who might have been? I don't, but. Normally, when we get to the stage where we're either where we're struggling like this, it's either a youngster or some random lawny. So I'm gonna go with it being one of Raquel Pike's awful lawn spells. Yeah, Raquel Pike was the was the other star. I'm gonna say him, but I didn't. I was gonna ask, <laughs> I was gonna ask you if one of them played on Saturday. <laughs> I probably would have given you it as well. Um, <laughs> The other, the other sub was Tyler McGlore, so another random loney who barely played. But, yeah, good effort, lads. Um, yeah, I will be back in, in the near future, possibly with a guest, possibly not. Uh, but I have a way to talk through, hopefully, a few more Dale wins. So all that's left for me to say this time is thank you very much, Chaff. Nice one. Cheers, mate. Cheers, right. Yeah, cheers, Dean. And cheers, Luke. Cheers, lads. Catch you all next time. Off the deal. Will I ever fucking win one of them? <laughs> I don't. I don't even think. You know, I don't even think I'm that useless. <laughs> it's just you, especially you, chaff. You're fucking unreal at him.
It's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's like, oh, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck. Um, yeah. Rakeel Pike. <laughs> <laughs> 